Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be podding. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been for spittle to them. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dead with delight. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. The David delight. The David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. It's another episode of the Debbie Light brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our ranking of the Debbie classes. And today we're going to tackle the tight end position. Make sure to listen back to the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver that we've tackled over the last month or so. Um, As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, Excited to dive into the... uh the position we all love the tight ends um they do matter so definitely gotta gotta talk on them but um, there's actually some good tight you know it's one of those where we always talk about it where it's like uh you've got one maybe two guys you know and i'm not saying that the list is going to be you know hall of fame-esque for the rest of their careers but there's actually some good talented tight ends that are potentially coming out this year next year obviously year after it kind of continues on but there's actually some good names to to be keeping an eye on, um, especially especially for um, like campus to Canton leagues and all that fun stuff. So excited to kind of see again, as I say every time, where you've got some guys because again we don't uh, we don't touch base beforehand. Um, we can assume who you've got where, but you know we don't know the exact uh, position. So it's gonna be excited to see that. Yeah, for me, I'm excited as well. Um, the tight end position is very hard to kind of grasp, right? We've talked about it on the show before where it's one of the harder positions to kind of grade because if you look at it, you can say this guy is the best of the best, the cream of the crop. But then when it comes down to it, like it takes a little bit for some of these guys to develop. It's one of the hardest developing positions in fantasy Um, It's one of the hardest positions to kind of gauge, you know what I mean? You have guys, you know, that come out the gate are fantastic, but then you have guys that like Darren Waller that come out of left field. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I was watching his story yesterday, which is a very inspirational story, but Waller was out of the, out of the league. You know what I mean? And he kind of came back in. I watched him on hard knocks. Even so nobody gauged that Waller was going to be one of the best tight ends in football that he is today. You know what I, I mean? Say scoring 30 points a week fantasy exactly. wise. You like, know what I mean? And thank you for eliminating me from the playoffs. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really awesome of you, but it's one of those things. It's hard to gauge, but 
you know, we covered the tight ends here and we're excited. There's a couple really, really good guys um, over the course of the next couple classes Mm -hmm. that I really feel like could be standout-ish. So um, with that being said, and with Alabama and Clemson winning two weeks ago, um, we're recording this on the day of, we recorded back-to-back episodes. So we're just assuming here, but um, let's go ahead and dive in through, let's go do 10, nine, and eight for you, Stoops. All right, so number 10, um, I've got Austin St- Stogner. I'll be honest, I should have looked that up and you know learned the pronunciation, but it wouldn't be a Debbie Delight episode if someone didn't mis- mispronounce a name. So, um, no, nah, he's out of Oklahoma. Um, he's definitely, definitely one of, one of the more fun tight ends to watch. Um, you know, he, he, Rattler, I, I talked on him a couple weeks ago where there's just some consistency concerns there, but over the last couple weeks, obviously, he's definitely looked a lot better. Um, he's figuring it out. So, again, as I said, he's still going to be one of the better quarterbacks to come out when it's that time. But, now Austin's definitely one of the guys to keep an eye on. Another guy, uh, Michael Mayer out of uh, Notre Dame. He's, he's um, 2023 eligible, so still, still the youngin'. But he was one of the top tight ends to come out in his recruiting class. So, definitely excited to see him making it, making it happen. And then one of the guys that really came out of nowhere um, this year, um, Hunter Long out of Boston College. I mean, he's definitely – they're getting him the ball, man. I mean, it's, it's his reception total, his receiving yards, all of it, right? It's just happening. So it's always fun to see tight ends with, with high reception and yardage totals, um, especially because at college, you don't see that too terribly often. Yes, there's some, some offensive schemes out there that they do cater to the tight ends. Um, but more often than not, it's kind of go out there and block. That's, that's what your job is, right? Um, which is a key part to getting to the next level, right? If, if, if a tight end can't block well, more often than not, they won't see the field at the NFL level. So a lot of the receiver, I'm sorry, a lot of the tight ends that we see with high reception totals um, and yardage may or may not be, be key blockers. And then if the, the size is right, they might say, Hey, move over to a, move over to the receiver position real quick and let's see what we can do there. So um they don't like it whenever they can they can block, but yeah, Hunter Long, his just reception total and receiving yards have been been much higher than what you typically see from from your tight ends. But that is my ten through eight. Um, ours kind of looks a little bit similar. I saw number ten, Josh Peterson out of Louisiana Monroe. I like this kid, small school ish. You know what I mean? So I'm a big fan of him. Hunter Long's another guy that's kind of really impressed me. He's number nine on my list. Um, super impressive with what he's able to do. And Michael Mayer's number eight on my list. So um, from Notre Dame at 2023 class. Um, I think Mayer's got huge potential. He's one of those guys that I was mentioning before we kind of came on, super high, highly ranked. I just feel like he's one of those guys that's going to break out over the next couple of years. Um, super excited to see kind of how his career progresses uh, over time. But I, Hunter Long's another one, man. He was like one of those guys I was like, man, like this guy is super impressive, big, tall. You know, he, he gets the job done. Uh, we need, and that's the thing. Um, when I was thinking about it, I was like, for me, I meant to ask you this prior to that, but how do you kind of tackle the tight end position when you go into maybe a Debbie and or even to the off seasons and stuff like that, startups? So for me, to be completely honest with you, um, if, and I, I've, I've kind of switched on this. Um, if there's no tight end premium, I'll be honest, I typically, I don't want to say I 100% punt the position. There's certain 
tight ends that I will go after, right? That I just, and, and we'll get to a few of those here in a little bit. But for the most part for me in like Debbie drafts, I will probably not even draft one, um, especially in like rookie drafts. I would rather trade for one later on. You may have to pay up a little bit, you know what I mean? But once they've kind of proven their worth, um, and they've kind of figured out the offense, because we always say tight ends, they're one, and you said it um, previously, they take a little bit longer to get acclimated to the, the, the field, right? To get the playing style. Um, takes them a couple of years sometimes. Sometimes it's year one, year two. But I would rather trade for one than it is spend high draft capital on a tight end. But again, there's definitely one that I would absolutely, you know, take a, at a high, high pick, um, relatively high pick. I'll get to that later. But for me, it's, it's not so much drafting. I would rather trade for one. Um, or if they fall to me at the right spot in the draft, I'll take them. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I address it, you know, via draft, via offseason, um, kind of things like that. Yeah, somebody had asked me that question, and I said more or less the same thing. Um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll gauge this offseason. I will go target at Adam Troutman, who had a down year a little bit, mm-hmm. but has become a little bit more of the vocal part of that offense. Cole Komet, another one that really has kind of struggled, but he has really been pretty solid on the football field. You know what I mean? I like targeting the guys the year after, you know what I mean? Like you said, there's going to be a guy that we'll talk about, you know, a guy or two that we talk about that I'm like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's my dude. I'm going after him, but um, I'm in that same boat. So I don't rush out for the tight end position. Um, you know, if there's a guy that you can snag in round, if you have a five round Debbie class, you know, a fifth round and there's not a lot of, you know, meat left, then yeah, sure. Give it, you know, give somebody a chance, but all right. Hit me with your seven through five. So number seven, um, it hurt me to move this guy down, but Brant Keithy um, out of Utah, I'm still a huge fan. Um, It's just adding in these other classes and a couple other guys have kind of just jumped him, um, even in the same draft class. He's still ultra talented, but what does concern me, the only thing that concerns me um, is the 6'2 height at a tight end position. That's kind of more of that, you know, receiver. But he's he's got the athleticism to kind of be that athletic tight end, right? So he's not going to probably see the field a whole lot consistently. I will say that. He'll have those not special packages designed to him per se, but whenever they have certain plays called, um, he'll be the one out there, you know. Um, you can hand the ball off to him. He was a running back in high school, um, kind of did it all in high school. So he's got the athleticism to to make plays. But as far as the true tight end size, he's definitely much smaller. When you look at all the other guys on here outside of one other guy, they're all 6'5", 6'6". Like, they're all three, four, or five inches taller in some cases. So, And he's only 230. Um, so, again, he's got the size of more of kind of the big body receiver, not so much your prototypical, prototypical tight end. So that is one concern. But watching his film, he's just athletic, right? You get him the ball, he's going to make plays, but I still moved him down just based on some other guys um, that I moved up above over him and then adding in the other draft classes. But number six, I've got um, Charlie Kohler, Kohler, another one, um, out of Iowa State. He's looked impressive. I mean, last year, this year, um, he has looked impressive, even with a little bit of shaky QB play at times um, out of Purdy. But um, still a guy I'm, I'm, I'm ultra – ultra excited about i mean he's the one he's six six right he's got the height he's there um and he can make plays super athletic as well in the number five i've got pat uh Fryermuth. i was watching a video on him actually before we started recording just watching a little bit of kind of highlight stuff and someone made the comment you know nicknamed him baby gronk 
And it was one of those where I never really thought about it. And I'm not comparing him. I don't think he's going to be Rob Gronkowski, you know, Hall of Fame career. He very well could be. But it was watching his, his, his play. And when he catches it, he's obviously, he's, I mean, you know, what is that? 6'5", 258. So he's not going to be just burning down the field speed-wise. But he was running dudes over, right? He was solid with his hands. He was making catches. Um, look pretty, pretty easy. And he's just running dudes over. Gronk used to do that. So when I saw that, like, it was kind of like, you know what? That's actually kind of a cool little nickname. Will he become Rob Gronkowski? Who knows, right? We, know, we don't know. But it was just funny to see that comparison and then kind of really think about it and while watching his film. And it's there. He's running dudes over, making catches, and, and making plays. My biggest, my biggest concern with Fairmouth is that injury. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that, that, you know, that's my concern with Fairmouth. You know what I mean? And he's, he's number seven, I've got Kohler. Uh, number six, I've got Fairmouth. And then um, for me, he's a guy that I like a lot. And people are asking why I'm a little bit down on him. It's, it's the injuries. You know what I mean? It, it's the injury. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those things that it's, it's a demanding position. Um, as we've said, you know what I mean? Yes, you have to block in the wide receiver position. Yeah, you kind of have to block and know a lot of things at the running back position. But at the tight end position, you are blocking most times 75% of what you're doing. So getting that physical ability to kind of bring it back is something that I'm concerned about. Charlie Kohler's another guy. I really like Kohler, man. It's it's depth-wise, I really like this 2021 class. Um it's it's just hard to gauge which one of these guys I really like more than the rest of them outside of you know that top tier. But um, and then Keithy, I, I I've got Keithy at five. I'm in that boat with you. I struggled um, with where I was going to put him. The six two does kind of concern me, but where he lines up, he lines up everywhere, man, and he still reminds me of like a mini Kittle. Um, would it surprise me if Keithy never uh, developed into the NFL? No. That's crazy. It's it's crazy to say that, but personally, I feel that way. I feel like there's a possibility that Keithy may never be the guy. Yep. You know what I mean? He might just be a a, a tight end two on a team, and, and he he makes some plays week in, you know, every other week or every couple of weeks. And and that's one of the things that I've noticed a lot. Of people were talking about, you know, this guy is ranked number seven. Like I think Kigby's one of those guys. That he's like a top ten tight end this year. And, and if you look at his stats weekly, it doesn't feel like that. You know what I mean? I'd rather have a guy be the 12th ranked guy and he gets me eight points every week instead of having one guy that goes off for 20 this week and then three the next week. And nine times out of 10, from, with my luck, I'm starting in the week that he only gets three okay. and the weeks that he gets 20 is on my bench. But, you know, it, the tight end position is a very volatile, a volatile position. So Keithy's one of those guys that I really feel like I'm, I'm still super high. I know you're still super high. You know, you still have him ranked pretty high. I mean, top 10 of, you know, however many tight ends is pretty impressive. But, you know, I'm not in 25-team uh, Debbie leagues. I, I'm, I'll target him. You know what I mean? But, you know, if you only pick five Debbie players, you know what I mean? Like, that's – he's not one of those guys that I'm – there's only one guy on this list that if I'm doing Debbie – maybe two – that I would target if I'm only doing five, you know what I mean? And then that's if the price is right. So as much as that pains me as well to say, still big on him, but there's a lot of optimism when it comes to thinking about whether or not I'm going to draft him or not. So. Yeah. And I, I think you're right on that as, as much as it is, you know, as much as it pains to say it, he may not ever develop in anything um, super fantasy relevant. I think he's one that's, going to be on a roster he's gonna we kind of talk about it like with certain running backs where they're always going to have a role 
but they're never going to be ultra fantasy relevant, like you said, outside of maybe week three and 14. Let's just say whatever, right? They have those weeks, and you're like, all right, cool. I could see that for sure. Um, I do think he will always have a role on a team. It just may not be starting weekly for your fantasy team. He almost seems like he'd be more of the – like DFS – type tight end where you get him for you know and I haven't played DFS in a while but you get him for 2300 bucks he's kind of your last guy you fill in at your tight end with the hopes that he gets you eight nine points right that's kind of more of what I would see him uh being one of those players and for DFS players that's great because you spend 2300 here on your tight end you can now go spend 9800 10,000 on whatever running back you want kind of thing so it's one of those where I think that's more of what his his um role will end up being maybe year three four he has that one year where it's like all right he's a tight end five kind of yeah. thing yeah, exactly. and then after that who knows but um i would agree that, that i could see that kind of a career path for him for sure totally agree hit me with your four through two so four through two um four i've got brevin jordan um i actually had him higher and then there's obviously two guys i'll get to in a second that i that i moved up over him but um, Brevin Jordan out of Miami, he's one of those that is just – just he's still ultra-athletic. Um, and I know I talked about it with Keith. He had the 6'2", Brevin Jordan sitting at 6'3". So he's not much taller, really. But it's just – I watched some film on him before as well. And I see that blocking. I mean, he, he blocks quite a bit, especially having the running quarterback back there. They, they run special plays for King. So it's kind of like you're expected to block more. And I'm seeing that there. But um, I like Brevin Jordan a lot, just ultra-athletic. Um, number three, I got my boy Jalen Watermeyer, um, out of A&M, 6'5", 265. I mean, he's – as much as I knock Kellen Mond um, as well as others, um, he finds Jalen. He finds him often. Um, he is typically the first option um, at all times, it seems. Um, he makes catches. There, there are a couple times that I've seen some games. He, make, he drops some easy passes. He did. Um, but overall, man, th- this guy's, this guy's awesome. And the, the crazy thing is he wasn't even expected to be the, the star tight end in that offense. Baylor cup was the guy that came in same draft class, or I'm sorry, uh, recruiting class as Weidermeyer. Um, but the injuries to cup have, have kind of pushed him to the, to the back, unfortunately at the moment, but Weidermeyer's just came in and, and excelled at everything that he's been asked to do. And then number two, um, Eric Gilbert out of currently, LSU we'll see how that that whole story plays out um obviously the rumors of him transferring sick homesick you know may leave may not leave we don't know yet but when that gets resolved we'll obviously get the breaking news on our on our phones as as we always do but watching him on the field man he's he's fun to watch it's just we always we we said it with the receivers that LSU offense was just so hit and miss this year um I, I don't think it did him any favors and I told you before we started recording I was just shocked that he went to LSU. Um, not so much because, yeah. you know, and I, homesickness. It's nothing like that. It's just we knew LSU wasn't going to be what they were, right? We didn't think they would be what they are. Um, no, I, I thought sure. they'd still be a little bit better. But it's just one of those where uh, out of all the places he could have gone, I was, I was shocked that he went there. I really was. Um, now, my other concern with, with Gilbert is if he's truly homesick and, you know, he's from Georgia – if he goes to Georgia, they use tight ends less than LSU does. So yeah. what does that mean for him? You know, go to Florida. 
<laughs> just keep bouncing around, bouncing around the state you're, 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 you want to get back to. But now I love him a lot, Eric Gilbert. I mean, he was what the highest rated tight end ever on two forty on twenty four seven. So, um, it's one of those the talents there. We've seen it even with the the lackluster offensive performances um, as a, as a whole in that LSU this year. But yeah, Brevin Jordan, Jalen Widermeyer, and Eric Gilbert are my four through two. I've got the same three. Um, just uh, the, the the list is a little bit different. Wattemeyer's four, Gilbert's three, Jordan's two. Um, Gilbert and what we've seen from him so far has been dominant. Um, I think back of last year, I'm like, could you imagine if Burrow would have had Gilbert? Like, Gilbert is 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 a monster in the red zone, right? They really don't have a quarterback right now to take advantage. Of, they didn't have a quarterback this year really to take advantage of his size. Mm-hmm. Um, you get him the ball in the red zone, and, and he's going to catch it, period. You know what I mean? There, I saw – I remember one touchdown. I don't remember what game it was this year. Double covered. Uh, everybody on him. They toss up in the red zone. Boom, touchdown. Eric Gilbert's that guy. Mm-hmm. He is, and, and he's going to be that guy. I feel like he's going to be Kyle Pitts. You know what I mean? He's going to be the next, you know, and, and you know, I did four, two, three, two, obviously understanding that we both have Kyle Pitts number one, and we'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. But uh, Gilbert's so good. Like, I, st- I almost went, I almost flip-flopped Gilbert Jordan like 75 times, and I was like, man, I really like Jordan. I like Gilbert's. So it wouldn't surprise me if by the time I release these on the website, you know what I mean? It'll be Gilbert too. But for me, Gilbert's just that dude. And wherever he lands, if he stays where he's at, if he lands somewhere else, I hope he goes somewhere where they utilize him. You're right. George is not that. We talked about it on the wide receiver episode with George Pickens. George Pickens has got all the talent in the world. They just don't utilize him week in and week out how they should. Get the man the ball. Let Daniels air it out a little bit. Daniels got an arm. Give it to him. You know what I mean? So if he goes there, we're going to see that struggle the same way we do with Pickens. I, I want to see Gilbert highlights for the next three years. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I want to see. So um, Gilbert's a guy that I really, really like. And so I like, you know, Wattemeyer is another one. Um, and then, of course, Jordan as well. So Kyle Pitts. I mean, what 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 can we say about Kyle Pitts that we haven't kind of maybe already said? You know what I mean? He's – when he's on the football field, I, 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 he's playing at this level of which that it's very insane to watch week in and week out. You know what I mean? He dominates like a wide receiver. You know what I mean? There's games where he'll, you know, Tennessee, 7-128. You know what I mean? Kentucky, 5-99, three touchdowns. We had Mississippi week one, eight catches, 170 yards, four touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like he's catching a touchdown one in every three catches. Is that going to translate to the NFL? No. You know what I mean? But Pitts is going to be taken in the first round, and Pitts is probably going to be taken in the top 15. Now, I'm assuming this might, might have been the guy that you're talking about that you're fully investing in this offseason. Yes. Yeah, so he, is. he is. How high are you investing into Pitts? Um, you're drafting. Let's say you're drafting, and you have anywhere from pick five, you know, four through seven. Would you take Pitts there? And and the um, guys and your typical guys are gone. I don't know if I would there. Um, I still think there are because you got to think if you kind of talk yourself through it. 
obviously the Lawrence, Fields, Etienne, Harris. Those four are going to be gone. Then you start getting into, assuming that's the, the, the way it plays, then you throw like a Waddle, Chase, Bateman. You start throwing these guys in there. Um, I will say this. If I had a tight end that I was already comfortable starting, no. If I was in essentially, let's call it a rebuild-esque type thing, like let's say I, this is the pick I traded for or whatever, and that's where it ended up, and I needed a tight end, maybe. Um, I would feel more comfortable at the 8 to 12 range, to be honest with you. I would 100% take him at 8 to 12. 4 to 7, I, I, I don't know. I know I said I'm fully investing, but I just think there's other players at different positions that would help more sooner than, than what, what Pitts would. 8 through 12, I would 100% consider it. But 4 through 7, I'd have to see who's available. I guess better, maybe a better range would be five through seven for me. Four, obviously, you're you're talking Harris, yeah. ETN territory. So that, that, maybe that I'll, I'll make it five through seven. But for me, I'm with you. If you have a tight end, obviously you don't go that route. But for me, five through seven, and let's just say you still have the other couple other picks in the draft, second, third, fourth, whatever have you. I, I don't hate the five through seven um, when you compare him to. You, know, you can't compare him to like a Waddle, Chase, and those guys. Yeah. But for me you're potentially setting up a position that is not very good for potentially a long time. And that to me is, I like the idea of going that route, but what, what, and that's, what I would say is now, if you changed it to like a tight end premium league, that changes a lot for me. Uh, if it's for sure. a traditional tight end league, then that's, I'm still sitting where I, what I just said. Yeah. If it's tight end premium, that changes a lot for me because yeah. then I would really, really consider it. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but for a traditional, just normal, you know, PPR normal. League, yeah. yeah. Um, I would be a little more hesitant at that range, but tight end premium, I, I would have no, no hesitation. And, and yes, I would definitely consider it at that point. My, again, my only concern is, is the concern that we have with tight ends in general, like the transition period. And I understand it's Kyle Pitts and I understand he's different, blah, 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 blah. But Hawkinson was drafted very high. He has not exactly translated. It took him a couple of years to kind of translate to what was expected of him. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if you look at a couple of the guys like commit, you know, that he's, he wasn't obviously taken as high, but traditionally when tight ends are taken high, not, they don't just jump out the gate right away. You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing you, you have to kind of play into factors of how much time do you have to wait for somebody. Now Pitts might come out and just blow the doors off the thing. You know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise anybody, but at the same time, the transition is very hard for the tight end as well. I think it also comes down to what other picks do you have? Oh, for sure. Let's say you had 106, mm -hmm. and then, I don't know, let's say you had 204 and 206 or whatever. I almost think you could, you could do one of two things. Either trade down, to potentially, let's just say you trade down to the late first or that 201 range, right? Yep. You could probably still get him there and have your 201 and whatever I said, four and six, the 204, 206. Or if you really wanted to package those, you know, maybe those two second rounders up to the later first and then take your waddles, your chase, your whoever at 106 and then get pits at the later first. You know, you could package some things together. So you kind of have to look at what your draft picks look like. 
Yeah. Now, if the only pick you have is 106 and you don't pick again until three or four, probably not not the, the best move to go, Pitts. But it's yeah. all it's 100%. And this is such a, a cop-out answer. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's roster construction. Like, where yeah. if you're sitting perfectly fine and comfortable at the running back receiver, um, quarterbacks are always, you know, you obviously – I always try and set myself up at quarterback and then address everything else. Because yeah. I've been in leagues. Trust me, I've been in le- super flex leagues where I have one quarterback that I can truly start, and it's tough. Yeah. It's, it, it's tough to win. So as long as you feel comfortable enough at other positions, go ahead and address it, right? But So depending on roster construction, if, if you need that tight end help and you're okay elsewhere, I don't hate the move. Um, now, if you're, just, if you're starting running back is Jarek McKinnon and you have nothing else, <laughs> you probably shouldn't go Pitts. Yeah, exactly. Probably shouldn't go Pitts. Yeah. And that's one of my leagues. Jarek McKinnon <laughs> is my top running back. <laughs> you might want to adjust I am not the in the championship back. bracket, guys. I am not in the championship bracket. You I might have want to adjust though. the position, brother. I got quarterbacks, though. Yeah. I got quarterbacks. And I, I actually got... have two first-round picks, so I plan to address the running back in this next one. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's going to be fun kind of when we transition into doing some more of those mocks like we did last year because – Pre-draft, post-draft, it was really fun for us to kind of study last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pre-draft, you know, a lot of people – like pre-draft, Dobbins was my number three back, I think. Post-draft, number one, still is my number one guy from this class. I like. I mean, I understand Taylor's finally doing things, by the way, fire Frank Reich um, for his use of Jonathan Taylor. Um, that comes from a Jonathan Taylor owner. Um, thanks. Um, but for me, it's – it's interesting to watch the kind of transition because the quarterback position, even if you just have the top two running back, you have three or four guys receiver. It's loaded five, six guys might take in, in the first round this year. Again, tight end, you have pits. So you throw all these factors in what you're trying to build, develop. The first round is going to look interesting. Pre-draft, post-draft, obviously post-draft is always something because, you know, who knows where, who lands, you know, somebody drafts somebody, oh, you drafted behind Zeke, oh, great. You know, yeah. stuff like that, you know what I mean? But it's obviously the long game as well. But for me, where a Devontae Smith goes versus where a, uh, you know, a Chase goes or a Waddle goes is going to be interesting to kind of dissect and see week to week how that uh, other people's mindsets are and see where they are industry-wise. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun for me. So I'm super excited about that. I look forward to doing some of those in the near future. Um, it's been a great year for us. It's mm-hmm. been a pretty insane year for us here at the Debbie Delight. Um, the continued listen support throughout this entire year has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, well, when we were talking about it, the, the followers on, on Twitter, like it was yeah, not literally overnight, but it's like we gained over a hundred followers and a couple of weeks time. For I don't know what yeah. we did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're thankful for it. We're, we're exactly. very appreciative, but it's kind of just like, I don't know. It's just one of those where it's, 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 it's crazy to see, you know, that we get on weekly, you know, and, and record post, do whatever. And it's like, we're not doing anything different, but we must be doing something right. Yeah. It's growing. And Maybe it's me- because we mispronounce names and they just find us funny. They're like, yeah, let's just follow them. That's fine. We'll follow them. Well, it's got a comedic approach from these guys. (laughs) But it it is, though. I mean, the year started high. You know what I mean? We we had to make some changes throughout the year. Um, We we made a big change. It was kind of scary a little bit for us. You know what I mean? We weren't sure where it was going to take us. And to be honest with you, once we made the decision, we've kind of ran with it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, typically during the season, we normally, you know, kind of see our our listenership kind of go down a little bit because it's the middle of the season. We, we're Debbie centric. So it's obviously, under, but this year we haven't seen that, you know what I mean? And it's been a consistent flow of people listening and we can't thank you guys enough for supporting the show. Um, it's the heartbeat. Obviously I'm a little upset. We're going to miss the senior bowl, but I'd rather, you know, yeah. we've got livelihoods to think about outside of, of, of what's going on. They are doing some great protocols, but you know, we'll, you know, we'll keep you posted on here about what's, you know, the ins and outs of what's happening at the senior bowl this year. But I'm excited about 2022 when we can get back out there and, and hopefully be a more safe environment and stuff like that. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to hire us right out of mm-hmm. our jobs and pay us to do this for a living, I mean, Stoops will Stoops and I will pop out seven podcasts a week if you want us to. Um, so you know, call us Bleacher Report, Barstool, ESPN, Fox, NBC. I, I mean, I just list all of them. You know what I mean? Hire Stoops <laughs> and I. You know what I'm saying? But. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, 2021 should be fun. Uh, it'd be a nice transition. We've got some fun things planned. Um, I, I think the uh, draft's going to be a lot of fun again this year. I plan on doing another, you know, 19-hour draft show. Um, Stoops might kill me for saying that, but um, it was a lot of fun last year <laughs> to do that. But uh, maybe we'll just do all seven rounds at one time. You know, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> those of you at home cannot uh see this the look that stoops just gave me but uh no uh this is the final episode of the year so i just kind of wanted to wind it down with with thanking each and every one of you for listening week in and week out and supporting the show um we really do greatly appreciate it so make sure to follow the show on twitter at the debbie delight you guys have been doing it and we appreciate it and give stoops a follow at stoops 1990 give myself a follow at ricky blair underscore Make sure to, you know, hit us up with questions. If there's anything show-centric you want us to, you know, to cover, we have no problem dedicating shows to what people ask us. We did that in the middle of the summer. We had a mm-hmm. Campus to Canton show, which went phenomenal. It was a blast. Um, make sure if you ever, if you're getting into a Campus to Canton League, listen to that show. You know what I mean? Go back and kind of listen to the back catalog. It's crazy whenever I go back and see people listening to our back catalog. That to me is like something I used to do whenever I listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. whenever I find them. So it's really cool. But uh All right, enough of the mushy stuff, but uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next year. See y'all later.